Welcome to this edition of DBSA's Real Recovery Podcast. For more information, visit us on our website, www.dbsalliance.org. We've been there. We can help. Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Specht, Executive Vice President of the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance and a Creative Explorer. The focus of today's DBSA Real Recovery Podcast is Embracing Creative Interests with Julia Cameron, whose seminal book on creativity, The Artist's Way, has sold more than 4 million copies. Together with her follow-up bestsellers, The Artist's Way is taught in universities, churches, and human potential centers across the nation and is now available as an online course. Julia Cameron is an American teacher, novelist, journalist, best-selling author, artist, and an award-winning poet, playwright, filmmaker, and composer. Credited with founding a new human potential movement that has enabled millions to realize their creative dreams, Cameron eschews the title Creativity Experts, preferring instead to describe herself simply as an artist, sharing, artists have always mentored, I just do it on a wider scale. Hello, Julia. We are incredibly honored to have you with us today to share how each of us can build creative pursuits into our daily lives. Well, I'm glad to be with you and glad to help. Well, I'm so excited to be able to share this with our with our constituents. But before we delve into the essential principles of creativity, I'm hoping you might share what prompted you to write The Artist's Way. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Uh, I fell in love. I was uh, fell in love with a blocked writer, and I thought, what does he need to know? Ah. And I wrote The Artist's Way at him, and I later married him. My goodness. Well, that is definitely an interesting story. What have you learned along the way? I mean, you wrote it for someone else, but I think along the way you must have obviously embraced this yourself. So what what, what learnings did you have in terms of writing The Artist's Way that maybe were unexpected surprises that came out of doing this for someone else? Well, I I wrote it at Mark, but I also wrote it for my friends. Uh, And I thought I was writing it for maybe ten people who were blocked. Uh, And when I wrote it, uh, it became sort of an immediate hit. Uh, And uh, I would get letters that say things like, I am with the State Department in Switzerland. I oh, my goodness. Have, I hear you have a manuscript. And I thought I always thought the State Department kept close tabs on us. Uh, and <laughs> what I found was that it's impossible to teach unblocking without getting unblocked yourself. So at first I had worried. I thought, oh, my God, if I become a teacher, I won't be an artist. But what I have found through the years is that my teaching makes me much more free as an artist. And that's why when you have that list of credits, it goes on and on and on. With it does. It does. You know, and I think, gee, I hate this woman. Uh, but uh, actually, uh, I do have all those credits, and so it's probably good to mention them. Yes, I, I think it's. I think it's just an explanation. I think you started off as a writer, and then you evolved into so many different directions. And I think that'll be really helpful for 
individuals as they think about their own potential. One one can get kind of stuck in your area of I'm only I'm not creative or I'm only creative in one avenue and and as you unblock that creative potential I feel like creativity kind of feeds on itself and opens up new doors in other areas. Right. You might decide you want to be unblocked as a novelist only to find yourself unblocked as a painter. Correct. Yes. So that's what's so exciting about this whole process. So, well, I had had the wonderful experience of being able to attend an Artist Way class um, and through it. And so I know a little bit about some of the basic principles, and I thought it would be helpful to maybe share some of those core things with our with our listeners today. I know that the two core practices um, that are essential that you build off of from the Artist Way and subsequent teachings um, are the morning pages and artist dates. Can you share what each of these are and the principles behind each of them? Yes, I can. Um, the morning pages are just exactly what they sound like, morning pages. They are three pages of longhand morning writing that you do hopefully right as you tumble out of bed. Uh, and they can be about anything. Uh, and what they are like is it's as though you've taken a little whisk broom to your consciousness and you whisk out the corners and you find out these are all the things that I've been thinking about instead of my creativity. So they don't look like they have anything to do with creativity. They maybe um, say things like, I forgot to call my sister back. I need to buy kitty litter. The dryer has a funny knock in it. Uh, and so those things don't look like they have anything to do with your creativity. But by getting them out in the open, you then leave your mind free to work on your creativity. I know when I was doing them myself, I found many times myself writing, I don't know how, I'm going to fill up two more pages. And then I'd go on and I'd keep writing. And, you know, I would say some days there would be, great moments of insights, but a lot of times it wouldn't be. As you said, it would just be kind of getting those things off of your brain to open, be open and accepting to other things. So, And one thing I think is, is important to kind of clarify for people that doing morning pages isn't just for writers. It's for anyone that's looking to, you know, un, un, release that creativity. So, um, yeah, I, I know I was just shocked and amazed what three little pages would do. So I can share that much. I think uh, that writers sometimes have an unfortunate feeling that their their morning pages should be, quote, real writing, uh, you know, high art. Mm-hmm. And I say high art, that's somebody my sister dated. <laughs> so um, morning pages are uh, sort of non-negotiable. Uh, and I, I think they are particularly useful uh, to people with bipolar disorder because they register both the highs, the days that you go quickly whipping through them, uh, and the lows, the days where they're difficult and you're sort of slogging. Uh, and you learn to have a sense of continuity with both parts of yourself. Mm. Well, that's, it's really interesting to kind of think about that. That that is an it's a particularly effective 
for individuals with mood disorders. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit later about how that is typically, and very often people find journaling to be incredibly helpful to them. And so I think that, you know, that process goes beyond, you know, we think of it sometimes in the world that I live in, in terms of just a wellness strategy, but it really is a creative block or really an unblocking to me um, of that. So, and, and how does then the artist date play into furthering that unblocking or opening up some new potentials? What What is the investment that you're making there? Well, it's an interesting thing. If I say to you, I have a tool, it's terribly hard, you're going to have to get up an hour early, uh, and you're going to have to do it every day whether you want to or not. Uh, and that's my description of morning pages. And people say, oh, I'll rush right out and do it. You know, mm-hmm. they understand the concept of mm-hmm. working, quote, working on the creativity. But the artist's date is an assigned period of play. Uh, once a week, go out and do something that's just plain fun. Uh, and if I were teaching a, a course and we had 60 people, uh, the the um, percentage of people who did morning pages would be very high. Like you might have 55 people out of 60 doing them perfectly. But then when I assign the artist date, the next week only 30 people have done the tool because they have a great deal of resistance to the artist date. And I think that's because uh, they intuitively know that it's going to make them much more intimate with themselves. Uh, And so uh, when you go out to play, you begin to hear intuition, hunches, uh, impulses, uh, just new directions for yourself. Uh, And this is threatening. Uh, people, uh, People don't want to know. Uh, and then when they start doing their estates, uh, and the next week maybe we'd have 40 doing it, then 50, and finally we'd be up to 60 doing it, uh, they, um, they become sort of hooked on them, uh, because uh, they begin to experience a sense of a benevolent universe. Uh, a lot of times I say, if you work on your creativity, you'll find yourself waking up your spirituality. And if you work on your spirituality, you'll find yourself waking up your creativity. Mm. So when people do artist dates, they're working on their spirituality and their creativity. Uh, and a lot of times they report back, I had the most wonderful feelings. And that becomes addictive. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting that we find it much easier to invest time in work than in the play side of things? I think that that's, um, you know, somehow we feel that we shouldn't spend time on that, that that's not legitimate. And um, and oftentimes it is exactly the opposite. It is what we need to be able to continue to be inventive and creative. Um for a lot of our readers, um, 
you know, I think some people think of the artist way they can, can get in the block because what we're we're kind of exploring and trying to encourage our readers to do, or, or not our readers, but our, our viewers and people that you know or visit TBSA's websites and participate in some of our wellness campaigns. We encourage individuals to take small steps to incorporate interest and passion and creativity into their lives because it's built. It's putting something in instead of always taking out something from your life it's putting something joyous into your life which will have you know wide reach but when we talk about the artist way and i know that you use the word artist in a much broader perspective um many people might associate being artist strictly as being within the boundaries of fine art painting photography writing for example but i know again that you you've used that in a broader context within the book itself and so i wanted to kind of share and uh how people might be able to apply those things to um, all levels of creative aspects. I was delighted to learn that that could be applied across things like gardening or cooking or collecting, anything that's interest in finding those personal passions. Um, for those individuals that are listening that don't consider themselves, air quotes, artists in the traditional sense, would you share how these practices might help them to cultivate creativity in their lives too? Well, I'll tell you, uh, people will come to me sometimes and say, Julia, I'm not creative. And they use this really dour voice. Julia, I'm not creative. Uh, And I will say to them, I have never met a person who wasn't creative. So begin using these tools and see what wakes up. Uh, And they say, oh, nothing's going to wake up. Uh, And then uh, a week later they come in and they say, the darndest thing happened. I found myself baking and I hadn't baked in years and I say well that's your creativity waking up and they say really and then they come back in the next week and they say "Uh, I found myself cutting up a National Geographic and using those images on a collage is that creative yes that's creative Uh, so uh, I think that people who feel they aren't creative uh, are in for a delightful surprise. I, I definitely would agree. And some of the people that I know of that are the most passionate about their, their art are those that have come to it just simply the way that you've discussed. It was something that was woken up one day for them. They didn't have necessarily a lot of training initially, and it was woken up for them, and somehow now they it's like breathing to them. They can't live without it. So I, I definitely think it's a, it's a wonderful surprise for people on this, this journey. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit before about the fact that, you know, many people living with mental health challenges find both journaling, which relates to um, the morning pages, and the spiritual practice, both of these issues, um, which you've alluded to before in terms of the artist state and or this whole process in general, to be very useful tools to help them live in wellness. Um, like and personal wellness, go ahead. I'd like to bring up one more tool. Okay. Which is the third tool. And when I wrote The Artist's Way, I only knew about two tools. And then in, the, in week 12, at the very end of the book, I say, P.S. It's important to exercise. Uh-huh. Then when I started writing further books, I realized that walking was a very potent spiritual tool. 
that if people would get out twice a week and walk, uh, they would find themselves having uh, a chance to integrate the information that came to them through the morning pages and their artist dates. So I would say, well, you walk out with a problem, but you walk back with a solution. Yep. It's kind of like a walking meditation in many ways. Yes, it is. So all those things we talked about then. So the idea of journaling, the idea of, like, you know, relying on spirit, the idea of incorporating wellness strategies such as walking or finding creative interests and exploring those things, um, those, you know, we've talked about for individuals living with mood disorders are very powerful wellness tools. Um, you've been working in this field now for many, many years um, and teaching. Have you? How have you seen this manifest um, as a wellness strategy for yourself and or others that you've taught? Well, I found uh, that if I walked, I had a sense of optimism that it brought me a feeling of well-being. Uh, and when I didn't walk, I found myself feeling sort of caught and and a little bit housebound. Uh, and I think over the years, uh, I've been, it's been 25 years now that I've been doing morning pages. So that's a lot of morning pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like everybody else, I sometimes have difficulty getting out for artist dates. Uh, and uh, I I want to say, oh, I do them perfectly, but I don't. Uh, but when I do do them, uh, here in Santa Fe we have a road called Canyon Road, and it has over a hundred galleries. So you go and park your car near Canyon Road and walk over to the road and start walking through the galleries. Uh, and uh, you get a great sense of enrichment very quickly. Uh, and uh, I think that every town has at least one gallery uh, that we can stick our nose into uh, and hopefully a florist shop. Uh, where we can go and admire uh, Gerber de- daisies and stargazer lilies and tulips and peonies and all sorts of wonderful flowers that give you a sense of the beauty of nature and the power of nature. Uh, and I think uh, I think that these things bring people to a sense of well-being. And I think that's the most exciting thing about the artist's way for me is that four million people feel better. Yeah. And that's what an amazing statement to be able to say on so many, you know, in such a broad, to have such a broad impact and it will continue to have an impact and, and all the teachings from that then being kind of shared with others. You know, I've had an opportunity to share some of what I've learned with some other people as well and it kind of has that trickle effect and, I do think that opportunity to commune with nature is a is a really key thing too. So even if you don't have a lot of galleries, if you have instead a beautiful creek that you can you know go and listen to and things like that, as you said, just kind of being in touch with 
nature and the power of it, I think, is incredibly powerful as well. And I thought it was such an important statement that you said. And so many times, again, individuals, you can get kind of hung up on this idea of perfection. Well, I'm not doing this right. Um, you know, especially if you're kind of caught up in some uh, symptomatology where you're ruminating or you're thinking about um you know, not necessarily feeling great about yourself to begin with, and this idea to be able to even have you share and say, you know, I'd love to say that I'm perfect at this, but I'm not perfect, and that no one has to be perfect for this to work in their lives. I think that that's just incredibly uh, powerful to have shared and um, such a great gift to give people. Well, I want to say that when people do morning pages, they miniaturize their sensor. All of us have a sensor, uh, and the sensor says things like, you're being too picky, you're being too negative, you're being uh, a, a real pain. And you hear the sensor share, and you say, oh, thank you for sharing. And you go right on writing your morning pages because there's no wrong way to do them. And what happens is that over time, you learn to make your sensor into a cartoon character. So when your sensor says you're negative, you say, thank you for sharing. And you begin to dismantle your perfectionist. Uh, And you learn that anything worth doing well uh, is worth doing at all. Uh, and that if you are willing to do something badly, over time you may learn to do it very well. Yes, that, that idea of it's the doing, the power is in the doing, not in, you know, the ending, but the starting. It's in the starting. So, um, Another area that uh, many people struggle with, um, particularly with uh, individuals with bipolar disorder, um, many people feel that they need to be truly creative, that they need to experience the highs and lows of altered states, whether that's from mania or drugs or alcohol. Um, As someone who's in recovery from substance use, what might you say to someone with those concerns? Well, I would say try doing Morning pages. <laughs> uh, and try doing artist states. And see if you don't find yourself moved into creativity out of a sense of well being rather than a sense of stress. Or uh, I think that morning pages are a wonderful tool for people uh, with substance abuse issues. Uh, they are often used in rehabs uh, and in uh, on wards uh, where people go when they have a um, manic break. Uh, and the um, use of the tools brings people into an appreciation of themselves. I often say, when you do these tools, expect to fall in love. With yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so many, so many new avenues of yourself. I think that they they definitely open up. And I love the idea that you said moving into creativity out of well-being rather than avoidance in some ways. That you know the 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 
other pieces can mask. So um, I just love that concept of moving into creativity via well-being. I had a wonderful thing happen last week. Uh, I, I On Saturday, I spoke with a friend of mine, and I said, I want to write a play, but I have no idea what I want to write a play about. I just feel the energy, the itch, and I feel a sense of anxiety that I have no ideas. And my friend said, I think anxiety can be the prelude to creativity. And I said, oh, that's a lovely way to look at it. And I woke up the next morning with an idea for a play. And I went to my writing chair and sat down, and I started writing. Uh, And I wrote uh, 20 pages uh, of longhand writing. Uh, And then uh, rather than keep going and pushing myself through the night, uh, I I took time off and met a friend for dinner. uh, And I had the experience all week of sitting in my writing chair, doing my writing, but breaking off at a reasonable hour at 5 o'clock at night uh, Mm -hmm. to walk my puppy. Uh, and uh, instead of pushing myself uh, to have sort of the mania of creativity, I had the well-being of creativity. Mm. Yeah, sometimes what we, you know, we think we need to be so focused and breaking that focus, and that's what we need the most is to be able to sit back, take a break, and then come back to things. So that is wonderful. Um, well, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you a couple final questions. Um, and it goes back to that that comment that you made earlier, um, and you've expressed it in several ways um, throughout your work in terms of everyone. Everyone is an artist. And you've also shared that, you know, most of us just don't have any idea of our real creative height and that we're all much more gifted than we know. As we wrap up, what advice would you give two different groups the first to those who struggle to identify with the artist within, and then later to those for whom creative pursuits are important as breathing. So, for each of those groups, what, what would you what what would you like to leave with people? Well, I would leave the same thing with both groups. I would okay. say it's very important that you do morning pages. If you do morning pages, you will be moved into your creativity. If you take an artist date, your creativity will become more solid. Uh, And I would urge them, uh, whether they are uh, well-established in their careers or whether they are just uh, fledgling artists, the tools work for both groups. Uh, And I think that... uh, you know, I have this fantasy. In the fantasy, I die and go to heaven, and St. Peter is guarding the gates. And he looks at me as I come trudging up, and he says, Now, what did you do that we should let you in? And I say, I taught people to write morning pages. And he says, All right, come on in. That's That's a wonderful wonderful um analogy and i think you you definitely have given the world a gift with the work that you've done julia um 
I, again, I think many people, if they, if they haven't had an opportunity, I would encourage people to try it. Um, I, I've done it myself and have seen, you know, it's funny after you do the first several morning pages, and you're like, I can't imagine this is really going to do that much. And then you continue and you continue. And as you, as you stick with it, you see profound changes that don't seem to be at all connected in your life to doing the morning pages, but they, they just manifest themselves in so many ways. So um, on that note, I, I want to thank you for, for being with us today and sharing with us your ideas on fostering creativity in all of our lives, not just in our artists' lives, but in everyone's lives. Um, and I want to encourage feather, fellow creative explorers to give them a try. And if you want to learn more about Julia, her work, and the Artist Way courses and community, I would encourage everyone to please visit Julia's website at www.juliacameronlive, that's J-U-L-I-A-C-A-M-E-R-O-N-L-I-V-E.com. And I, I want to thank all of our listeners, and we hope you'll join us again soon for another DPSA Real Recovery Podcast. Thank you, Julia. You're welcome. This has been a production of the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. For more information, go to www.dbsalliance.org or call 1-800-826-3632. We've been there. We can help. Thank you.